there and welcome along to the Michael Castle Group podcast series Front Row. Margaret Throsby is my name and my special guest today joins us from the Australian production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, now playing at Princess Theatre in Melbourne. And we have with us the EP of the Australian production, Michael Castle. Michael, you've seen the three productions in the world, London first, New York then, Melbourne now. Is the Melbourne production significantly different from the others? It's not significantly different, but what we've uh, had the great opportunity of enjoying here in Australia is having John Tiffany, our director, and Stephen Hoggett, the movement director, together with all of the original creative designers of the show. So there has been some slight adjustments and finessing to the production as it's evolved, certainly from the original production in London and now the third incarnation here in Melbourne. But it, it is the same production that audiences are enjoying on the West End and Broadway currently. How did you manage to capture it for Melbourne? Oh, look, I went and saw the production uh, not long after it opened uh, on the West End. I went over in November of 2016, went as a fan uh, to go and you know, see it. I'd read all of the amazing reviews and uh, saw the piece, fell in love with it, couldn't believe uh, the way that this world was created on stage, uh, mesmerised by the new story, the eighth story in the... Uh, Potter series. And so uh, two days later, I fronted up to Sonia Friedman's office and said, Sonia, I think you should bring this production to Australia. Sonia said, Michael, we've only just opened it in London. She said, Australia's a way away. Uh, so I went, came back home um, and a couple of months later, got a call from Sonia and her team and said, look, we're actually starting to think about it. There's a lot of interest uh, down in Australia. Uh, and soon found myself on a plane back to London to have a chat about making plans to bring the show down under. What are the challenges of this sort of thing? Because we're on the other side of the world from New York and London. Um, you've cast an Australian cast here. Are, are, there, are there difficulties when you're anticipating doing something like this? Yeah, I think the, the main thing, sort of our biggest challenge to begin with, is just the logistical complexities of availability of creative team. You always want the imprimatur of the team that have originated the show to begin with, uh, in this case in London, to be a part of that process. And so, you know, the p best part of the 18 months have been not only the, the physical requirements of getting a theatre ready and casting the show, but making sure we've got all of the input and oversight of John Tiffany as a director or Christine Jones as a designer to really make sure that this is the same experience that they would deliver to audiences in their hometowns of London or New York. How do you rate the Australian cast? Oh, I think they're phenomenal. I really think they're I an mean, extraordinary group. I mean, comparisons are odious, aren't of, they? Yeah, they are. But, you know, they are, they're an extraordinary group of actors. Uh, and we auditioned the show uh, December of 17 and January of 18. So we've been living with this company, this group of actors, for a long time. But to see them give life to their characters throughout the rehearsal period and to see those characters evolve and grow and also as you know as the team have said to put their own interpretation on these beloved characters that audiences who are now coming to the princess theatre have grown up with have have imagined uh really has been wonderful to see and, and i think australian audiences are going to fall in love with these characters all over again thanks to the great talents of this cast well having seen the show i can i can only agree with you there how, what, what sort of changes did you have to make to the Princess Theatre? Because it's a lovely old theatre, but you did substantial, I mean, it was, it was significantly changed. It was, it? it was substantial. Uh, the team first came over just about 18 months ago uh, in February of 17 to come and look at theatres both in Sydney and Melbourne because at that time it had not been determined 
if there was a venue suitable for the show. Uh, and certainly the team had very uh, specific ideas about what that environment of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child should be. Uh, but it quickly became apparent that the only theatre suitable for the show was The Princess. And that's really because of the intimacy that that theatre provides. You know, this is a play, it's a lot of spoken dialogue. And what was really important to the team was that every audience member be in the front of the stalls to the back of the grand circle, felt connected with the drama on stage. So once that decision was made, then it was really handed over to, to Christine Jones, the scenic designer and her associate Brett Benarkis, to go and imagine what does that world, what does the wizarding world feel like in the Princess Theatre? And so the plans uh, started to, to take shape and we basically shut down the theatre for a good six months last year for all of this refurbishment work uh, to take place. There's uh, bespoke carpet, we've uh, painted the entire uh, inside of the theatre, a beautiful raven's plume uh, colour, which again is sort of just evokes a much more intimate uh, otherworldly feel in, in that environment, new lighting installations, um, and a couple of surprises as well mm. for our audiences. One thing I did notice was that the actors are not noticeably mic'd. I mean, you, you don't feel that their voices are amplified, and yet you can hear them. Yeah. Is it true there are lots and lots of speakers there are, in different parts that's of the right. theatre? And I think this is a great credit to Gareth Fry, who's our sound designer. Uh, the way that you can sit in the back of the grand circle and still feel that the actor is speaking to you one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel amplified, but he has installed a lot of speakers in, in that theatre to kind of achieve that effect, as well as a lot of the other special effects um, in the sound design. So, Michael, what was it like, what is it like, working with people you could describe as the best of the best in the business, and that's Sonia and Colin? Are there commonalities between people who succeed at being producers? Are there things that the best in the world sort of share in common? I think there are, and um, I think, number one, it's that attention to detail, and it's the commitment to quality. And certainly that's what Sonia and Colin both bring to this production. You know, they want to ensure that everything that is involved in this production, both on stage and off, is the very, very best. I also think it's the commitment to the people that deliver the show, you know, to make sure that their creative team, their cast, their crew are well supported. Because I think from, from that support, we are able to deliver a really wonderful show on mm. that stage. But I think the same can be said for you know, other colleagues that I've uh, worked with previously, Cameron McIntosh or Thomas Schumacher at Disney. It's, it's making sure that there are no compromises to telling that story on that stage. There are no compromises, and I, I reckon you'd have to have sort of personal qualities of patience. You'd have to be... I, I think patience uh, and a uh, bit of gumption just to keep going. And, and risk-taking. Yeah, Do you see absolutely. yourself as a risk-taker? I mean, I think to, you know, to look at what Sonia and Colin have achieved with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, tremendous risk, given it's the biggest story franchise in the world right now that generations you know have embraced and to go and take the risk of, of taking a story that everybody's so familiar with and to not just replicate an existing book or an existing film on stage but to tell an entirely new story I think that takes a great deal of risk and a great deal of risk to go and you know find hopefully the perfect creative team to create that vision but you know I think it's you know Great tenacity, great commitment, um, and great a great creative vision for what you want to deliver to audiences. Mm, because if you if it doesn't work, then that can be an epic fail, can't it? It's, 
absolutely. <laughs> Which I think would be terrible. Absolutely. I think that, that, that nervousness, you know, throughout that uh, development process and certainly leading up to, you know, welcoming audiences into your theatre, uh, I could really imagine what that would be like. But, um, but you know, thanks to them, they, they committed to that and, and surpassed everybody's expectations. You don't work just in Australia, do you? You're working internationally now. Yeah, we're starting to cook up some projects internationally. We uh, currently have The Lion King on its first international tour, which is tremendously exciting. It's uh, currently opened in Manila last year. We've been to Singapore, uh, Korea, and uh, later this year we go to Bangkok, Taipei and Hong Kong before heading down to uh, South America and the Middle East and to Europe. How do you overcome language differences for those sorts of things? Well, some of those markets can be challenging because obviously you're dealing, you know, in markets where, you know, the language other than English is the first language. Uh, so that, that adds a whole layer of complexity, certainly from a production point of view when we're, you know, dealing with the technical complexities of delivering the shows. But with The Lion King, we uh, are performing the show in English. So there are uh, subtitles on our stage that uh, translate depending on the, um, the city that we're playing. Gosh, it's, I mean, talk about epic. It really <laughs> is epic. So would you imagine you'll continue to sort of grow your international profile as well as the Australian one? Yeah, the international part of producing is really appealing to me. I kind of like the adventure of that. I like working with the different partners and uh, in the different cultures. And I love the idea that Australia is our base and we're able to pr bring and be a part of the very best theatre shows here in Australia. But then to go and take some of those shows and tour them internationally, I think it's a great opportunity for us as a business, us as producers. Mm -hmm. And we know that we've got some of the very best creative talent and performing talent in the world. And I think it's uh, only appropriate that they should go and share their talents with audiences around the world. Well, it's a fan you've got a fantastic production. I know a lot of people who are listening or watching this conversation will be saying, is it going anywhere else in Australia? Will it travel or not? No, it's, it's, a, it's the big question that everybody asks because certainly with all of the big musicals and certainly the big musicals that we've brought uh, to Australia, they do travel. But because of the commitment to the theatre and that environment that this team have created, the Princess Theatre is our permanent home and we'll be at the Princess Theatre for as long as Australian audiences and indeed audiences from around the world wish to travel to Melbourne to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Might be there for a long time. I hope so. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much, Margaret.